welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. And welcome back to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. I am Chip Patterson. This is the Locks Podcast. This is the one that all the people come clamoring for. And no, it would be impossible to have one of these without uh, my compadres here. Tom Fernelli, Barton Simmons, the Locks gang is all together. How we feeling staring down week seven? I'm... I've got seven picks this week, but you know, when I was going through looking for them, this was... This was the first week where I was kind of like really having – I've been having trouble finding something that I really like. Why do so you, I'll probably go 7-0. and Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's just there was no lines and totals this week. I mean there were maybe two or three that I felt amazing about. But other than that, it's just – it's. I, I feel like this is kind of a dry week as far as the numbers they put up. It's it's pretty accurate as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> I, what do you I, think, I Martin? I think that we got some – I think we have some serious – carnage coming this week i think heads are rolling in the top 25 this week uh and you know what if 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 not then my picks might struggle a little bit because i'm betting on some i'm betting on some uh you know some tables flipping over and and uh and some some issues here with a couple of the top 25 teams uh so i think it's i kind of like this week's slate i i i i came away with like there was like not enough to where I have a, a five-star blue chipper, even though I lost my five-star blue chipper last week, one of the two I lost, um, but a lot that I just was very tempted by. So I don't know. I think I'm going to have six to seven picks, but uh, I, I kind of enjoy digging into this week's slate. I had a big-time uh, big dolt moment sending all my picks to everybody earlier this week on the expert yeah. picks yeah thanks for that cheat sheet like i mean that was fade chip i mean nothing 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 screams uh aging sports writer like accidentally replying all with all of your answers <laughs> <laughs> so all right so you're referring to our uh expert picks that we do for cbs correct i i, I gotta be honest with you guys and for anyone listening my expert picks for cbs is like my rough draft yeah like I throw that on there. I send. I have to reply to the email by like Wednesday morning, and at that point, I haven't done the due diligence I wanted. Those are sort of my gut hunch picks, and sometimes I'll circle back on Thursday and ask them to change one or two. But basically, those are just sort of my, you know, throw something against the wall, see what sticks, set, and and this is this is where I really get down down and dirty into sort of the serious picks that have my full attention. Um, so I don't know. Do you guys really put, put your, your full heart and soul into those expert picks? No, it's gut plays. And, and I think yeah. that, you know, for the, for the listeners, that's like, we are providing more value than you can get for the cheap stuff. You know? Right. Like that's if, right. if you want to get the free picks, yeah, the free picks are my gut plays. If you want to come to this free subscription, free delivery locks podcast, you're going to get, a lot more, more value, better picks, more explanation. I, I put thought into my picks. Well, you're, but you're a, you're a like a computer program. You're, a, you're a man of you're science, a, not a man of faith. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're like a, you're a Maybe. picks. Yeah, 
Maybe that's why I got the best record. Okay, right speaking on. of, let's review uh, our man against this. This show is man against computer. <laughs> uh, all right, the leader for the season, as he just mentioned, is Tom Fernelli. But Tom Fernelli was not the winner for the week, so we will review the winner for the week. That was Barton Simmons. Barton Simmons, Utah State plus two and a half. That was a win. Texas plus eight. He was all over that game. Baylor minus four and a half. What happened there? Uh, Baylor messed around, and I mean they they were the better team the whole game. But you know Kansas State has a way of of eking out those covers. And so, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Miami minus thirteen and a half. Uh, that is his only other loss. Uh, Clemson minus eighteen. The Tigers absolutely pantsed. Uh, Wake Forest right there. And the over 43 and a half in Michigan State Northwestern. Hey, that was a win. And thanks to uh, Clayton Thorson and Northwestern for getting you there. I didn't see that game playing out the way it did. Iowa minus seven is also a win. Five and two on the week, plus three. That gets you back to 19 and 19 on the season, uh, even on the year. Any uh any any big takeaways from your slate? Uh no, I felt that that was my favorite slate of the year because even the two I lost, like Baylor, I can, you know, I could live with it. It was it was a five, it was a smart pick. I think Baylor could have won that. Miami, they they held Florida State to two hundred yards of total offense. They just they had horrible field position. Uh, so that was that. I'm seeing the ball right now, feeling good. All right, um, in second place for the week, but still bringing up the rear on the season, that would be your boy Chip. Kentucky plus five and a half. Just a, 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 I was, I felt like I was on the right spot the entire way. Obviously, a narrow Texas A and M uh, win right there. If you're taking them against the spread, good win for Texas A and M uh, on the season, though. Over forty seven and a half. Michigan Maryland uh, had a little bit of a delay, but we did end up catching cashing that over as well. Took a loss on the under 48.5 in Florida State-Miami. Uh, a win with Indiana plus 25. They got out and got enough touchdowns early to cover that. Then Mississippi State plus 3.5. That was a win. Michigan State minus 10. Maybe my worst loss of the season in terms of me getting on this podcast talking about Michigan State kicking the crap out of somebody and then just uh, have, having the exact opposite happening against Northwestern. And then Iowa minus seven, my last log on the fire. Uh, I was glad I put it on because it was the right side. It gets me to four and three on the week, plus one, 18 and 23, minus five on the season. Now our season leader, Tom Fernelli. Under, fi- under 54 and a half on BYU Utah State was a loss. Uh, he was all over the Texas plus eight on the win. Also getting in on Florida State plus 14. These rivalry dogs. How do you keep setting these spreads above a touchdown? Tom, we'll keep taking your money. Please do. Under 49 in Navy Air Force, even with a number that plummeted through the week, that's still a win. Uh, but a loss on Arizona State, the lock of the week. A loss on the under Michigan State Northwestern. That is a lock fight win for Barton. And the under 42 in Iowa, Minnesota. We blame the Hawkeyes for not being able to keep that number under. Three and four on the week. Minus one, but 23 and 20 plus three on the season. Any lessons learned, Tom? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, other than I think that, you know, I, I, I need to really start taking Colorado seriously now. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this the week to take them seriously? 
Vegas giving seven to USC or laying seven for USC. Yeah, I know that's that's a that's a stinky spread. It's not. It was something I was looking at for this week. Spoiler alert: It is not in my picks for the week. But yeah, I just you know I, I looked at like you know when you were looking at like the advanced stats like the S and P plus, Arizona State was like ranked thirty spots ahead of Colorado going into last week's game. So that was one of the bigger reasons why I was taking Arizona State in that game. But yeah, you know Colorado, Lavisca Chanel, they're they might just be really they might be that team that keeps winning despite the fact that if you look at the nerd stats they might not supposed to all right we'll maybe address that game in a little bit you guys ready to lock it up let's do it let's go we're picking locks my blue plate special five-star locks are coming come get these locks five-star master lock lock it up You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All right, Barton, you were the winner last week. You have the honors. You get us started here in week seven. All right. Um, I'm going to go. This isn't necessarily my most confident pick, but one of the biggest games, so let's lead it off there. Uh, Austin Stadium, Oregon hosting Washington. Um. Look, I've been very impressed with the way Oregon has carried itself mm. this year. I know the first couple weeks of the season, they were sort of finding their way a little bit. Um, I mean, winning, but not necessarily winning in overly impressive fashion. 58-24 to Bowling Green, beat Portland State, San Jose State, beat them in sort of a not, not you know, beat them by what, 15 points or something. But then they got a Stanford game, and they really – were the better team dominated the game should have won lost bad you know law bad loss and even though i didn't necessarily like my gut wasn't telling me to pick cal i felt like cal was the smart play the next week given the circumstances the emotional toll that that the stanford loss may have taken going on the road and they just blow out cal that told me a lot about what this oregon state or this oregon team is is made of now they have a bye week heading into a Washington game where this is another opportunity at home like that Stanford game, and they've got the by far the better quarterback. I think that they've got an offensive line that is really good, and I think that they've got a home field advantage that's one of the better in college football when they're playing well. Um, the line is three and a half, I think, last at last check. I just as as this game has approached, like even a week or two out, like after the Cal game, I was already saying I was like probably going to pick Oregon in that game, and here we are. And I just think Washington is not a team that is like look at what they've done this year, and you know an Auburn win in retrospect or an Auburn loss in retrospect is kind of not that good of a loss, not as good of a loss as we thought it was, um, you know. Seven-point win over Arizona State at home in a game, but they were favored by 20. Uh, 14-point win over Utah, a team that is not as good as maybe we thought they were at that time, even though they just beat, even though they just beat um, Stanford. Um, and UCLA, they messed around with them last week. Who you know, I think UCLA is improving. All that to say, look, a lot of reasons. I just think Oregon's probably a better team than 
uh, than Vegas has given them credit for. I, I think they win this game by, I don't know, I just think they win the game. And you, if you're getting in at three and a half, I do think that is the play. Always shop around. Always try and get the number. Is I there think, a different number somewhere? No, three, three and a half. I mean, just for any listeners that you know yeah. might be staring at that, because I imagine this will be one of the games that gets a lot of action as we continue to inch closer to kickoff. And and I listen, Barton. I think that Oregon plus three, plus three and a half. That's the fun bet, right? Because there's nothing fun about Washington. There's nothing really, really fun, and I mean Washington's defense is fun. But Washington's you- defense is good, and, and and they're good because they're just sound and they have good DBs, and that's a really good defensive backfield. But and and Brady sort of touched on it when we talked to him this week too. What does Washington have in the front seven this year that spooks you? That like is you know that just is just dominating. No Elijah Qualls, no Vita Vea. And they're sound, but yeah. they're just not dominating up front. And I think Oregon has an do- offensive line that can, I think, neutralize Washington defense. Not, not that they're going to run down their throat all game, but I just think that they're they're good enough up front to where Washington is not going to give them trouble. I think, and, and I think I'll take Justin Herbert over Jake Browning every day of the week. I, uh, he, I uh, have bounced all around this game. I like found myself on CBS Sports HQ, which, by the way, you can watch on any uh, CBS Sports HQ or any OTT connected device or on your phone. Now, twenty four seven streaming sports network, it's the best. We're on there. I I was talking about Washington. I was like, you know what? I I got my heart broken. Uh, I don't want to take the bait again. I think Washington is the best team in the Pac twelve, and the best team in the Pac twelve, you know, just goes in, takes care of business, wins this game, and then by the time I had to write the picks preview story uh, for cbsports.com was flipping all the way to the other side. And I was thinking, you know, Herbert Browning, who do I trust? And that was kind of my decision-making process before, again, when I got burned. And now that as I'm, you know, we're here on the Locks podcast, I can't do anything else but just throw that Oregon plus 3.5 on my pile because it's the more fun side to root for. I want to be on Oregon knocking off Washington and Autzen Stadium, so I'm going to lock it up right there with you, Oregon plus three and a half. Is that a snap decision right there, or was that already on your list? I had Washington, Oregon question mark on the side pile. (laughs) (laughs) It was, I've got Washington, Oregon question mark on the side pile. I've got Colorado, USC question mark on the side pile, and uh, another one. This might get up to nine logs. We'll see how it goes. Tom, uh, care care to join us for Lock Unity for the first time of the year? Well, you know, gentlemen, in locks, just as in life, it's important to learn from your mistakes. The problem is that when we think of our mistakes, especially when it comes to the world of picking games and locks, we often only look at the games we get wrong and look for the mistakes there. And we don't look at the games that sometimes we get right, but weren't the right picks to make in retrospect. So let's go back to that Oregon-Stanford game from a few weeks ago. You both were on Oregon. I was on Stanford. Stanford won, Stanford covered. But the truth was, Oregon was the better team in that game. And you two were on the right side of that line. You just kind of got unlucky at the end. And I went back and reviewed that and watching that game, I realized I made a mistake. And I learned from that mistake. And because of that, for the first time this season... Oh! Lock Unity! Lock Unity! Yes! Sound the trumpets! We have Lock Unity! I love to hear that. You've all gone over all the reasons I'm I'm on it. I just think that 
this line is a little off, and I think you know it, it's moving more towards Oregon. As you know, I'm guessing by the time the game actually starts, it'll be more in the two and a half range than at three and a half. But I'm glad taking it at three and a half now. And also, just for fun, Washington is one six and one against the spread the last eight times it's gone to Autzen Stadium. So there we go. Throwing some analytics in there at the end. Yes. Yeah. When the head and the heart line up, that's lock unity. Right oh, there. Man, this could be a good week, boys. Good week. Uh, all right, Tom, what, you, you've got to uh, take us from there. Where do you want to go? Uh, for my next pick, I'm going to go to another one of the weekend's bigger games, a line that I just think is too small. I'm taking Georgia minus seven at LSU. I understand that, you know, there's the whole LSU's at home, but it's not a night game, so I don't really have to worry about Death Valley at night. It's just... I don't think LSU is as good as its record or ranking suggests, and I think Georgia's pretty damn good team, and I think that this line should probably be more in the 9.5 to 10 range is where I would finally start considering taking LSU to cover. I just look at this LSU offense, and it's not very explosive. It's been kind of mediocre, honestly. When it's played against good defenses, it's truly struggled. And this, you know, Georgia defense is better or at least pretty much the <laughs> excuse me go ahead keep going what, what was that noise what, what, what was that <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry about that don't you worry about what's going on over here I thought, I thought there was like a street fighter game breaking out in the middle of my anyway mm-hmm. but no i just think that georgia is a much better team than lsu and even going on the road i'm a hundred percent on the bulldogs this is one of the this is one of those games where i was actually confident in when I was looking for games to make. I just, I don't think LSU is going to be able to hang with Georgia for 60 minutes. Mm. Round I, one, fight. Round one, fight. 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 That's right. Fight. We got a lock fight. fight. Bring wow. it. I'm, there is no chance that I am going to feel confident in taking Jake Fromm and this Georgia offense on the road against Dave Aranda and an LSU defense in what is like absolutely going to be painted up as a must win situation uh, in Tiger stadium. I'm thinking ghosts of 2003. I'm thinking that uh, this, I, I, I think LSU wins the game. I think it is more likely they cover and Georgia wins the game with like a hot rod, Rodrigo Blankenship field goal to win. But in a game that I do think is going to be decided by a field goal, you're going to give me LSU uh, to be able to step up and, and, you know, I feel like I get a push here at a minimum. Are we locking in at seven or seven and a half? Uh, I got it at seven. Okay. Let's do, let's go. LSU. Hold on, hold on. Let me see where it is for you. Hold on. I mean, if it's seven and a half, remember, shop around. Get your best number. Right. If it's seven and a half somewhere, take it. I'm actually seeing it at it's seven at and eight. a half most places. Yeah. I'm seeing it at eight. Can I get the eight? You want the eight? I want the I mean, eight. It's, it's eight at Pinnacle. It's eight at, at Bookmaker. It's eight at Five Dimes. It's eight at Will Hill. No, you can have the eight. I'll keep it at seven. What? Seven. I'll, I'll go seven and a half. <laughs> All I'm right. Sorry. Let's both get seven and a half. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll meet in the middle. Then. We'll meet in the middle on that one. I, I just, you know, if, if I talked myself into LSU being a really, really good team, like I don't, I don't think that that loss to Florida should – shake my confidence in that necessarily i mean that the the loss to florida with the last pick six sort of skewed what to me was i mean a 2019 game and so i'm you know it 
LSU losing two in a row totally changes the the way that we look at this team. And I, I still believe that there's a chance that this could be that special year for the Tigers that everybody was sort of painting together. Like I'm I'm just not ready to start selling off this LSU stock that like I don't know. I, f- I feel like I just bought it. And I, I'm Georgia is not Alabama to me. And because Georgia is not Alabama, I don't think they deserve to be uh, more than a touchdown favorites going into Baton Rouge. For what it's worth, I, I would lean chip side on this. I, I just, I mean, I could very easily see a game that sort of hovers around six or seven points. And then at the very end, Georgia, you know, has a pick, kind of pulls a Florida on LSU last week, has a pick six or, you know, gets a late score or something to push it over the number. But it just feels like at home at LSU, big game, uh, two SEC teams that mirror each other in a lot of ways. It just feels like this, these are too evenly matched from a talent perspective to where it's not close. Um, I'm staying away from it, but I would I would lean on the on the chip side of this fight. You know, I, I think it's a damn shame we go from our first lock unity of the season directly <laughs> into a lock fight. I think it so is so much for the good feelings. I think it is very, very appropriate because <laughs> this is still a competition. Uh, all right, Barton, where you got? All right. Um, I'm going to go. How about this one? Big 10. Owen. What is Nebraska? Owen five. Yeah. Owen five, Nebraska heading to Northwestern. Uh, if you look at these two teams and everyone's sort of talking, and I wrote for CBS this week, uh, you know, that Nebraska, Arkansas, and UCLA are one in 15 collectively, a combined record. And my prediction is that the, the three of them will combine to go nine and 11 in their next 20 in some combination, form or fashion. Those teams are not as bad as their record suggests. Nebraska is starting to play pretty good on offense. Their, their defense still needs to catch up. Uh, but we're talking about a Northwestern team that in yards per play nationally, 121st, okay? Nebraska's 56. Nebraska's thrown for over 300 yards each of the last two games with a true freshman quarterback that is evolving and developing. Nebraska has been one of the worst teams in the country in kick return uh, yards given up. They've been the, the very worst team in the country in penalties. All right. they. I think those are things that over the course of the year with a new coaching staff as you're instituting a new culture that you can that you can chip away at and improve upon. I think when you look at talents, this is not a team that's going to be overmatched. Nebraska's overmatched against Michigan. They've struggled there. Nebraska has been, they've outgained basically everyone they've played. With the, and, and even against Wisconsin last week, they, they were 26 first downs to Wisconsin's 26 first downs. I think Wisconsin outgained about like 25 yards overall. So there's a lot of reasons to think that Nebraska is better than their, than their record. And I think there's a lot of reasons to think that last week's win against Michigan State isn't necessarily representative of some turning the corner for Northwestern. I think this is the spot. And I don't, I'm trying to, I don't know if I've had, I guess I could look on our, on our 
top secret locks spreadsheet. Uh, let's see. I did pick Nebraska earlier in the year. I lost. So this would be my Nebraska pick. I'm going Nebraska plus four. It's time to get back on the Scott Frost train. He did me right last year. And uh, I'm buying low. Nebraska plus four. I think against Northwestern. You know, this line opened at some places with Northwestern as a nine-point favorite. And then in most places it opened around in the six range. But it opened as a nine-point favorite at Bookmaker, and it's been bet down to, what, three and a half, four now? So, yeah, I think it's a four. And, there's and by the way, only 36% where I'm seeing is, is on Nebraska. So a lot of anti-public line movement there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, it's not a lock for me, but this was something that I was very strongly looking at and, and considering for this week. This is where Nebraska, first of all, the lock of the season was Barton Simmons being the first one back on the Nebraska train. That's right. (laughs) That that one was a a guarantee, five star blue plate special. If they don't come through for me here, I'm going to, that's, this is going to be very embarrassing. Barton got Uh, real deep into the Nebraska weeds for his column this week. There's no way he doesn't come out of there feeling good about Cornhuskers turning it around. And uh, spoiler alert: I did not pick Arkansas, and I did not pick <laughs> UCLA like... this week. But I would. I, there were temptations there. I could have just <laughs> given the the, uh, the the one at fifteen three pack and, and gone all three, but I, I didn't quite get there. Um. Yeah. I mean, and for Northwestern, this is you got to imagine they're a little bit raw, right? You got the close loss to Michigan, then you go and have the the big win against Michigan State. A little bit, little bit of a letdown, maybe. Maybe and maybe maybe you see an O for team coming in and you you know you think you're supposed to beat them, exhale a little bit. Um, yeah, Northwestern is just they're they're just so tough to predict. But I, I just don't have a, like if Nebraska can score points, I just don't think this Northwestern offense is as trustworthy as um, as they need to be to to be a to be a four point favorite here. All right. I've got a pair of plays on the ACC Coastal Game of the Week because we've got the Miami Hurricanes post-Florida State going to play a Virginia team that Tom, has the shirt been delivered? I'm wearing it right now. Virginia's starting to get some believers. The idea that Bronco has been able to slowly put his imprint on this Cavaliers team it's happening. And, and Barton, you said heads roll. I I was looking at the slate and Virginia plus six and a half feels like one of the spots where we might see some shakeups in the top 25. I think that Miami's limitations on offense, even with Nikosi Perry, I think that makes this game a little bit more evenly matched than just the the sheer talent numbers like the, you know, we, we talk about the 24 seven sports total team composite and the, the talent is heavy, heavy favorite towards Miami in the spot. But Virginia has been playing at a high level. You've got the home game. It's going to be at night and I don't really ever credit Scott stadium for being a, a really difficult home environment. But if, if there's a game where Virginia is going to rise up or where they're going to be able to, to do something, I'm going to take it here. Virginia played Miami close. Miami pulled away late when they played in uh, Miami last year near the end of the season. I think that there's confidence that they can hang with them. And I, you know, 
I'm, I'm going to pair this with a second pick because I, I think that it's a chance that one of them hits and I think that there's a chance that I get them both, but I don't think I'll lose them both. I'm tagging this Virginia plus six and a half with a second pick, Miami UVA under 47 and a half. Lock agreement on Ooh. one of them. Which one? Uh, the under. I lock, a, lock agreement oh. on the other one. Oh, <laughs> yes. So like, yes. It's, like a lock, it's not lock unity. It's like a lock threesome. <laughs> a, it's, a lock menage. A, uh, a menage lock. <laughs> lock. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, so but what, what do we like in here? I mean, the I think that Virginia probably needs to hit uh, hit a couple of like explosive plays, maybe some special team. Like it, getting points, I'm not expecting that Virginia is going to have long touchdown drives against this Miami defense. But at the same time, it's just like total lack of faith in what the Miami offense is going to be able to do. Yeah, I think that there's obviously for me. I, I expect some kind of letdown for Miami after the Florida State game, especially having to come back and win that game. I feel like, you know, it's there's kind of like a sigh of relief after, you know, you nearly lost to Florida State last week. You came back, you won it. So maybe you just take your foot off the gas a little bit. So I don't I don't think the Miami offense is going to have a great game, but there's a lot of trends that support all our picks, if you'd like to hear them. I would. Bring them all. Miami one in five and it's one in four in its last five ACC games. Miami one in four in its last five road games. Virginia nine and or four and one in its last five home games. Four and one in its last five games overall. And as far as the under, the under is five and one in the last six meetings in, in Virginia. The Miami Hurricanes are one in four in the last five meetings against Virginia. The underdog is twelve and two in the last fourteen meetings. So. There you go. A lot, of, a lot of trends that support both these locks. What are you yeah, thinking, Barton? And, well, look, I, I, first of all, um, this, if I was like eight, Virginia getting like eight, this would be pushing all my chips forward, like no doubt about it. This is this is the lock of the century type. Of, that it went under seven. Is you know, I think you got to have a little bit of courage to make this play because you know it's kind of scary. Miami is is certainly capable of getting some turnovers and and running wild, but I think this matchup sets up well for the reasons you said. A, I mean, Miami is coming off of uh, you know a, a win against Florida State at home, emotionally charged environment, rivalry game, to that now going on the road to Charlottesville, and look what what what. Miami does really well is get what what does Bill Conley call them uh, chaos not chaos plays havoc havoc plays havoc plays getting yeah. havoc plays getting tackles for loss getting teams behind the chains that's sort of what Virginia does well is is they have a a, a quarterback that's that's got some um, Taysom Hill in them you know and, and Bryce Perkins uh, who can who's, who's athletic and physical uh, I think team. I, I just think that in this environment, this sets up really well. They're coming off a bye week. They've been zeroed in on this game now for two weeks. I, I just I like the spot here. I think, uh, and and when I talked about the, before the show, like you said, Chip, I and mean, I talked about the the chaos potential this weekend, uh, the carnage potential this weekend. This is one of the games I had in mind, and there's several more that I'd have the the the, 
the Stones to play. This one I do. I think possibly wins it and at the very least keeps it close. I hope they don't lose it by seven. That would that would suck. But I think that they lose by less or 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 win this game. Man, what a what what a journey for Bryce Perkins and and uh, I while I, I'm not familiar with the area, I, c- I can't imagine what it was like to go from uh, Arizona Western Community College to Charlottesville, Virginia. Former Arizona State quarterbacks are uh, playing well all over the place. Blake Barnett, Blake Barnett at USF, Brady White at Memphis, Bryce Perkins at uh, at Virginia, and of course Manny Wilkins having a pretty good year at Arizona State as well. So. Mike Norvell uh, did a good job stocking that quarterback room. Yeah, good uh, good find by Bronco too to be able to go and get him and uh, and bring him in. I think you're right. I think you called the Bryce Perkins Taysom Hill. Maybe both of you had at different points this season, but I like it. Um, yeah, there we go. Menage Lock right there. Let's go back to Tom. Uh, my next lock is in the Big Ten. It is one of the bigger games of the weekend. I am taking Wisconsin plus eight and a half at Michigan. Now, I I think Michigan's going to win this game, and that will be good for Jim Harbaugh. I am just not ready to think that Michigan's going to beat the Badgers by two scores at this point. Because first of all, do you guys know when the last time Wisconsin lost a game by more than seven points was? Uh, the to to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. No. No. Oh. It was in 2015. Oh, so the, the next season year. opener against Alabama. Oh, yeah. So it's it's been a long time since Wisconsin's been you know beaten up pretty good, and maybe Michigan does it this week. I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if Michigan did it because I think that they're good enough to do it. It's just when I look at these two teams, they're very similar in their approach, and they're very not similar in talent. But that really has never been a problem for Wisconsin before. I just think that this is going to be kind of like what we saw last year and the year before two offenses just kind of trying to beat the defense up and the defense trying to beat the offense up and a lot of slow plotting long drives that finally get you know field goals and touchdowns and I don't see either team being able to pull away from the other one so I like Wisconsin plus eight and a half and then furthermore in the last 11 games against Michigan Wisconsin is nine one and one against the spread and in the series overall (laughs) The underdog is 7-3-1 against the spread in those same 11 games. So I like the Badgers plus 8.5. Lock it up. Interesting play here. So I I really wrestled with this one. I had penciled in Michigan minus 8.5 for a while. Um, But as as we've gotten closer to the the recording here, I've, I've started to feel like I, I wouldn't play yours, but I think yours is probably the right play. I just, on paper, Michigan's just a better team. Wisconsin's been beat up on defense. They've not been that, like, they're 100th in the country, I think, in yards per play defensively. They're, they're just not, they've not been the same dominant defensive unit to complement that ground and pound offensive game this year as we're used to seeing. And yet, I think your, your first number you threw out there, Wisconsin not getting beat badly ever, is, is probably the most relevant one because. Look, I think it's just hard. It's hard for me to visualize what it looks like for Paul Chris to not have a really good game plan put together, to not be able to eke out points and just keep this thing really close throughout. So um, even though it looks like on paper Michigan should win this game by 10 or more, 
I think you're probably right, and that just Wisconsin's going to have a game plan to where this thing is close for four quarters, and you know you're, you're probably on the right side of this one. I've got a contrarian play here, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know if it's contrarian to the actual money or the bets right now, but uh, I'm going to go Michigan-Wisconsin over 48 and a half. That, that's fine. These are both actually very good over teams in conference play. Wisconsin yeah. overall and Michigan at home. I th- and I think that a big part of it, Barton, is what you just said. Um, I was I just I don't think Wisconsin's defense it has been playing to the reputation of what the public or what odds makers or you know what the market might think in terms of uh, how where this Michigan where this Wisconsin defense is, and because of that, I. I just I think we can get seven touchdowns between these two teams, and it might be a sweat. It will probably be a sweat, but that's a uh, you know Michigan at home. We've had some some overs be able to hit for us, and with the Wisconsin defense as well, I'm I'm gonna sit back and uh, I'm gonna root for some tutties in the biggest Big Ten game of the week. Yeah, my score prediction is Michigan 27, Wisconsin 24. So if that comes to fruition, it will definitely be a sweat for you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's always it's always good to learn something about yourself, sweating out some unders in the 40s. It's where you find your soul. Uh, Barton. Uh, let's go SEC here. And one of the more obvious sort of public Joe plays of the week you know, the, the, the Joe plays aren't always the wrong play. And Florida is heading to uh, Dudley Field, Vanderbilt Stadium, to take on the Commodores. And they're seven-point favorites. Uh, like, they're, they're a lot better team than Vanderbilt than seven. And I do understand that Florida is coming off of a pretty rough little stretch here. Uh, you know, last week with an emotional win over uh, LSU. They beat uh, an emotional win the week before against Michigan, or I'm sorry, against uh, Mississippi State. Um, you know, they, they, they've just, they've, this has been a physical stretch here. And I get it if you think that they're just going to stumble into this thing and, and not quite be, you know, kind of take a, take a week off, take a breather. But I see this differently. I see this as a team that is a lot better than Vanderbilt. I see a Vanderbilt team that just got pounded by, by Georgia, barely beat Tennessee State, got pounded by South Carolina, and is yet to recover from a close loss to Notre Dame. Um, I, I think Florida, instead of being beaten down by those two games, I think they're, they're – reinvigorated energized finding confidence i think they're building something that is is special i think florida is a really good team i think they're starting to they're a really good team i i think that they bring some challenges up front that vanderbilt's gonna have a hard time dealing with athletically uh i just think this is a this is this is some free, is free money here if you're gonna give me florida only laying a touchdown against a vanderbilt team that has yet to you know, other than the one Notre Dame game, I don't know what they've done to make us think that they they can do this week in, week out. I, I'm going to take the Gators. So give me Florida minus seven. 
I like your pick. I don't. I'm not on it. I'm not going to lock it up. I think I took Florida in our expert picks. That was my gut play, and my gut play is that this Vanderbilt team is not the threatening force that I suspected it could be at the beginning of the season. The Notre Dame game, as you mentioned, gave some opportunity for that. But when you look at the body of work as a whole, I don't think that we are in a position where we can look at the Vanderbilt team as a threat to, like you just mentioned, a Florida team that is playing well enough to win at Mississippi State and then at home against LSU in back-to-back weeks. Can can I just say what scares me about this pick? Yeah. Please. Florida Open is an eight-point favorite. Eighty percent of the bets are on Florida. It's gone down to seven. Yeah, that doesn't bother me though. I, I, I did see that. I get it. But there's for some reason, I think Vegas has some sort of over appreciation for what Vanderbilt is capable of. Um, I, I think that, like, I just don't. I don't. I don't trust this team as much as Vegas does in these sort of spots. And I know that Vanderbilt's done this once before this year. I know that they had a good showing against Notre Dame. That's the one thing I think you can hang your hat on is, all right, we know what they're capable of. But I do think that was a different Notre Dame team with, with Brandon Wimbush. And look, the, the, if, this was a, if this was a Vanderbilt team that had a defense that you could really trust, I, I would even trade a really good defense for a not-so-good offense in a game like this. And, and they just sort of keep it close. But what this Vanderbilt team is is an offense that's pretty good and a defense you can't trust. And if you're going to give Dan Mullen a window to score some points, he's going to take it. And I trust Florida's defense to hold up their end of the bargain here. So I'm okay with going against Vegas here. Vandy's in my backyard. I'm not perfect at petting them. You know, years past, they've been unpredictable. But I think, I think – I got a handle on this team this year. I'm going to take Florida laying the points. You know, another fun little thing about this game is it's so far at this point, it's been one of the heavier bet games of the the week. And I don't know how many of those bets are on the total, but right now, 97% of the money's on the under. (laughs) Uh, Tom. Uh, For my next one, I've, I've gotten all my, my big marquee games off the board. It's time to go where, you know, the real money is. I am taking Buffalo minus 11 at home against Akron. And a lot of it could be explained for the same reason or the same reasons Barton just used to explain his Florida pick. Buffalo is a much, much, much better team than Akron. Buffalo is a good football team. Buffalo might be the best team in the Mac. It could win the Mac. And Akron is a team that is just not very good. And I think part of it is that it might still be getting overvalued because of it beat Northwestern a few weeks ago. But if you watched that game, that was a very, very fluky win that came on the back of, you know, like three Northwestern turnovers in the fourth quarter. Three, three, like turnovers for scores, right? Yeah. Like three, two three defensive touchdowns. Like two pick sixes like a, and a fumble. Yeah. 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 So it was a very fluky win for Akron that should not have happened. It's strange what it could do to Northwestern season. But anyways, Buffalo is just a much better team than Akron. It should be a two-touchdown favorite. It's only an 11-point favorite. That's three free points as far as I'm concerned, and those are really, really hard to pass up because you generally don't get that many free points from Vegas. So give me Buffalo minus 11. It is actually my lock of the week in this week's six-pack. Wow. The Tom Fernelli lock of the week, man, that's 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 the kind of stuff that you normally only get on Sportsline. 
Because at Sportsline, that's where you've got Tom Fernelli's picks. Sportsline members get access to 20 expert handicappers' premium picks, including Tom Fernelli's. You can also get next-level fantasy advice, advanced computer simulations, hugely profitable DFS lineups, and the ability to enter members-only contests like the NFL Pick'em running right now. And at Sportsline, Tom Fernelli's on a... What kind of run are you on, Tom? I am currently... Well, actually, I had a bad week last week. Don't tell anybody. But I'm still up point or 8.75 units on the season. Still up 8.75 units on the season. That's right. It's Tom Fernelli. He also crushed MLB to the tune of plus 14.50 on the season. Tom, are you going to be throwing down some basketball picks too, I assume? Oh, yeah, for sure. Once the season starts, we'll be all over there. I mean, I listen. plenty of unders coming your way in the NBA. Here's what you got to do. Oh, so many unders in the NBA. The system, trust that process. Uh, enter promo code KICKOFF. Uh, that is KICKOFF. When you sign up, you get the first month of Sportsline for just $1. Go sign up for Sportsline. Promo code kickoff. All of Tom Fernelli's picks. Every single sport. Trust the process. Go Buffalo. Uh, Barton. Go. <laughs> uh, all right, my turn here? All right. What we got left here on the, on the card? Uh, all right. So remember a few weeks back uh, when... Boise State was headed to uh, Oklahoma State, and they were, I don't remember the line, it was maybe three and a half or something, and um, it was just sort of the, like, everybody was picking Boise State to win. Um, It just sort of became the trendy upset pick across college football. I think we got another example of that this week with West Virginia heading to Iowa State. Everywhere you turn, people are picking West Iowa State to upset West Virginia, and I, I was, I've got some temptations to do it as well. That's another heads gonna roll kind of game for you. Absolutely, yeah. yeah that's a in a heads gonna roll weekend. That's a heads gonna roll possibility for sure, and it could happen. But this feels like to me, everybody talking themselves into Iowa State after a beat of Oklahoma State team that were is not super trustworthy. With West Virginia coming to town after a, a little bit of a lackluster win over Kansas with something to prove and and they're walking into a you know ambush in Ames. I, I, I'm going contrarian here and actually picking West Virginia to win and West Virginia to cover. I mean they're they are they're a top twenty five or well, top fifteen team, top ten team, I don't know what they are. And they are the, the public is actually on Iowa State as a as a small favorite here, and the line has also moved, opening at four and a half to up to six and a half or seven. So there's a lot of reasons here where I feel like West Virginia gets a win and and and, and takes care of business. So I'm going to go ahead and take West Virginia. I think listen, I've got it written down at West Virginia minus six and a half. Uh, I like them to. And, and silence the haters a little bit. Go ahead and win this one comfortably. I'm not saying it's not going to be a challenge, but here's a real opportunity for Will Greer. And last time they were doubted, it was Texas Tech. I mean, that was another upset pick. Texas Tech's going to beat West Virginia. West Virginia never really sweated on that one. So, look, they're, they're not going to go undefeated down this back home stretch. I really don't think that they are. 
I just don't think they're ready to to get upset and really like the first real opportunity for it on the back end here. I, I think they win. It's not <clears throat> it's not quite there yet, but I will say be on the lookout for wonder conditions in Ames this weekend. Ooh. It's certainly within the realm of possibility. Ooh. All right, that's that's uh, that would that would certainly favor the Cyclones. Um, I I think my expert pick is Iowa State in a heads gonna roll weekend kind of manner. I'm sensing the same thing you are, Barton. But I I was not about to. I just don't think Iowa State's good enough. I don't know if Iowa State's got the goods. How about that? I don't think Iowa State has the goods to pull off this upset. Noted yeah. Iowa State hater Chip Patterson says <laughs> Iowa State doesn't have the goods. This is one of the, this is one of those where like I I I actually think I might have picked Iowa State to cover and maybe even to win in our CBS picks. But as the weeks progress, I've thought about it and I've seen how like how trendy the pick is 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 getting. The more I think, like you know what. West Virginia's they're going to come in here and take care of business. So and I'm that, not sure what I have on CBS, but I, I, I like them to, to get this job done. And that Texas Tech game, which I remember because I lost the under in heartbreaking fashion, like West Virginia had that game put away 45 minutes in. Like that, right. like, and maybe even after like four drives because West Virginia came out and just marched right down the field every single time it got the ball. I... I think West Virginia is absolutely 10 points better than Iowa State. So as long as you don't run into wind or, you know, the crazy stuff that happens in Ames, I like uh, I like your pick. All right, how many do we have left? I have two left and maybe a third if I feel frisky. Okay. <sighs> uh, I think I just got one left. Man, I've got four left written down. I'm gonna have to. Like, <laughs> let's. Somebody's trying to dig out of that hole. Let's let's lock go. Lock inflation. Lock inflation. Uh. Okay. I'm I'm gonna leave. I I'm just gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna leave Minnesota plus twenty nine and a half on the cutting room floor. What? Come on. Okay, I'll throw it on the fire. Minnesota plus twenty nine and a half. <laughs> you just should not have point spreads that big. In conference games, especially when they are paired with totals that are that low, PJ Fleck, come on, baby, row me out of the negative. Um, I just that was a principal play. Twenty nine and a half is too much. Uh, okay, and then I'll just throw another one on here. Uh, also from the ACC Coastal night game, Chapel Hill, North Carolina's defense sneaky efficient. Its offense is terrible. Virginia Tech, UNC, under 58. I like it. Yeah, I like that. Unless unless UNC pulls another uh, pick six vexed. Very possible. Very, very possible. I mean, considering that Larry Fedora seems to favor the quarterbacks who throw the pick sixes, that might be, you know, they might think it's good to throw. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Y'all see... Kelly Bryant might be visiting this oh, weekend. Oh, yeah, he's taking an unofficial visit to Chapel Hill. Oh, boy. Carolina fans, so hyped. It's like Brandon Harris never came and went. <laughs> he's a quarterback from a big school. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, all right, Tom or Barton, who wants it? You've only got one left, Barton? Yeah, go for it, Tom. All right, I'll take mine then. Uh, Temple at Navy, under 50 and a half. 
just two offenses that I mean Navy's offense we already know what that is. Temple's offense is is much is better than Navy's, but it, it's like Navy. It's not really in too big of a hurry. It's about middle of the pack in the country as far as pay, plays per game run, and it's more of an efficient type attack. And I just think that this is the kind of game where Temple's been pretty good since that weird loss to Villanova to open the season. But it's on the road at Navy. Navy's better at home, even though its defense is defense has been actually pretty awful this year but it's just I think that Navy's going to be better at home they're going to do a good job against the Temple offense it's very similar to a lot of what they typically face from other teams and I just think that this one's going to be kind of a you know few possessions few plays and all the defenses aren't that great I just don't think they're going to be on the field as much as they typically would be so I like the under 50 and a half here I mean service service at service academy unders I'm never opposed to them no, never. Never. You got that one last week, didn't you? Uh, oh, yeah. I had it I had it at 57.5 personally, but by the time we locked it up, it had been down to, what, 49.5? And, and it still cashed. <laughs> yeah, it was It was a little sweaty at the end, though, because um, Air Force was just whooping up on Navy, and like they, they went on like a scoring barrage in the third quarter to make the fourth quarter a lot more interesting than it looked like it was going to be during the first half. Um. Uh, so are you done, Tom? No, I've got one left. Okay. Maybe two. Maybe two. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Barton, you got All one right. left? Yeah, yeah. So last one, officially, you know, there are a couple couple of plays here in the margin that, you know, if you guys get me excited here at the end, I could throw on. But the last one officially I got, look, once again, uh, I, I try to deliver for the listeners, um, you know, there's – have gotten pretty absurd i've looked once again like this week i looked across the slate trying to find an over for the people and once again all i could see was unders it, it, it's it's a sickness what, it is a I, sickness I don't that know we what brought. you guys have infected me with <laughs> it is it, I, like scott frost this week said about his team's issues sometimes you just got to throw up the bad stuff and get it out of your system I just need to throw up this under sickness and get it out of my system. But I, I found one over. Of the whole slate, I found one that I kind of like, and it is Boise State, Nevada. Let me find what the number is. is. Uh, 60 and a half, I think, is where it's at right now. It's crept up a little bit um, from a, an opening line of 58 and a half. Uh, but look, this is... I think part of the reason that it's a little bit the, the numbers a little bit low is Nevada uh, last week. What they do they 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 were held to three points against a good Fresno State team, twenty-one to three. So that was a twenty-four point total. Uh, Boise State last week as well. What was their score? They were they they lost thirteen to nineteen to San Diego State. So n- not exactly two teams coming off of a a scoring fest. Uh, but the way I look at these teams, look, Boise State's had a hard time running the football. Nevada, run, Nevada runs a similar defense to San Diego State, like a three-three-three stack uh, that they've had. You know that you have some issues running the football against. But they're, they're different offenses, though. San Diego State's going to complement that defense with a ball control offense, run the football. Uh, Nevada is is not. They're going to try to throw it around the yard. They're going to try to score big. Over like 107 in the country in explosiveness, 
uh, in the past game. Boise State is that's where they're really good. Is throwing the football, getting big plays in the throw game. I think that there's a lot of points scored in this game. That's probably a longer breakdown than y'all needed on this one. I'm going over. What was it? What did I say? Sixty and a half for this one. Are you concerned that this game starts at 10:30 Eastern, and you've got the over, so that have to stay up you're going to be up very late, hoping <laughs> to get this lock. This is uh, this is one of those that you stay up late. Maybe you stay up for the first half. See if things are pacing. See if you got a chance, and then you go to sleep thinking you're going to win it, and wake up in the morning with good news. It's like mailbox money, you know. Just, just <laughs> go and go. Wake up in the morning, check the mailbox. Got some money in there for you. Or you wake up and you say, "How did that happen? Fourteen to three. <laughs> it's going to be twenty-eight, twenty-one at halftime, and I'm going to go to sleep." And what I wake up to in the morning is going to determine whether or not my children have a good day on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) For the sake of Barton's children, I hope touchdowns are scored in this game. Um, All right. My final play. Got to take the better team at under a field goal. Texas A&M minus two. I like it. That's fine by me. I mean, and we're going back to Jake Bentley after Skarnekia got you the win in the deluge against Missouri. Man, Texas, I think Texas A&M is a good football team. And I just, I feel like Texas A&M should be, I should be favored by more than a field goal. And I feel like Texas A&M can win this game by a field goal, if not more. So I just, better team. I think let's go. Let's go, Aggies. No qualms with it here. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Try to think why I didn't decide to play this one. This it feels like a play that you would have. Yeah, I don't really understand why I didn't play this one. So with that said, Walk block on agreement. The fire. <laughs> It worked last week with Iowa, so let's keep the mojo going. Uh, Last-second lock agreements are good for the soul. So give me Texas A&M minus two and a half. Like I think the only thing I could come up with was uh, the Kentucky game was a you know, maybe they're coming in there with after a physical win against. There's a little bit of like a like a they're beat up or you know. But uh, Missouri played in the rain last week in a long game and. I just don't know why, or if it's not Missouri, I don't know why we would trust South Carolina here in this spot. Um, yeah, let's 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 roll with it. I'm with you. Uh, all right, Tom. Uh, for my next pick, this is uh, <laughs> I'm taking UL Monroe plus six at Coastal Carolina. What? Yeah. <laughs> um. Coastal Carolina's favorite in the game. It should be. It's three and two. It had an impressive win over UAB, you know, earlier this season, which if, by the end of the year, we might look back on it and say, how the hell did that happen? And meanwhile, ULM is two and four and it's lost four straight. But while the loss to Georgia State's kind of like a huh, the losses to Texas A&M, Troy and Ole Miss don't really bother me as far as ULM's concerned. They, they should be losing those games. But when you put their records aside, when you when you take a closer look at them, the truth is these two teams really aren't all that different, either on a talent level or on you know statistical levels. 
In fact, you know, they're they're close enough that I'm not even really convinced Coastal Carolina is the better team in this matchup. But even though it's at home, it should be favored. It's just it shouldn't be favored by six points. So uh, UL Monroe is my underdog of the week. We've reached the end of the flat earth. And the only football game left in the universe is Coastal Carolina against UL Monroe. <laughs> yeah, see, this is why I was hesitant even including it, because it was like, nobody's going to want to watch this game. <laughs> there's money to be made, folks. It's where the money's made. Uh, I, I'm cleaned out. I'm leaving on the cutting room floor only for the purposes of documentation. And uh, if you are considering it, I am leaving Colorado plus seven on the cutting room floor. I am not locking it up. There is too much of uh, Brady Quinn in his uh, very fun and entertaining conversation with us earlier this week. He basically laid it out. He said, if USC shuts down LaVisca Chenault, then it's a wrap. Colorado's got nothing. That said, we have yet to see anyone shut down LaVisca Chenault, and I think it's a dangerous pick. Colorado plus seven feels right, but I'm going to leave it on the cutting room floor. That is a spooky, spooky line. I, I I am with you. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't. How could how could anyone truly trust USC in this spot? And yet, and yet you could see USC winning by ten. Yeah, it just yeah. feels like Vegas knows something here. Um, yeah, it was. It, I left it on the cutting room floor as well. It was close to making it. But we've got beefy carts already. Well, I've, so, uh, you know what? I'm throwing another one on. If you let's go, play. let's go. Oh, go for it, man. If if Barton's going to have to stay up till two a.m. watching Boise and Nevada, I'm going to stay up till two a.m. waiting for Wyoming to cover the eighteen points against Fresno State. Oh, this is this is just a game that meets a few of my principles. First of all, the total's forty three. Okay, it's I think it's the lowest total on the board this week. I, I don't know. I haven't checked lately, but I think that's the lowest total. And the spread is 18. I love conference underdogs in games with low totals. And this is one of them. And I just don't see there being many points scored in this matchup. And when there aren't many points going to be scored and you're getting 18, it makes sense to take the 18. So I think Fresno State's the better team and Fresno State's going to win. But at the same time, here's some stats, okay? Because this is in the six-pack. So I did actual, real research. Fresno State averages 66.2 plays per game. That ranks 112th in the country. Wyoming runs even fewer at 62.4, which ranks 124th. So this backs up the fact that there aren't going to be a lot of points scored in this game. And honestly, if the total weren't so low, I'd be more inclined to take the under. But, you know, 43 points is pretty low, and I think it's probably about right for this game. And while I like the under, I'm more comfortable taking those 18 points. So Wyoming plus 18, my final lock it up of the week. It's a good play there. And uh, I could use a little help from maybe even pull an upset if you want to, Wyoming, because you're, you're killing me on my preseason win total bet right now. Yeah, Wyoming so, hasn't scored more than 20 points since week zero. Brutal. That's, that's not beneficial to them. <laughs> no, not ideal. Not ideal. Uh, all right, to review a beefy week seven slate. Uh, Tom is our season leader right now at 23 and 20. His card reads as such. 
Oregon plus three and a half. Georgia minus seven and a half. The under 47 and a half in Miami, Virginia. Wisconsin plus eight and a half against Michigan. Buffalo, the best team in the MAC, minus 11. The under 50 and a half in Temple Navy. ULM and Coastal Carolina get those Warhawks plus six and a half. And Wyoming plus 18 in one of two Mountain West nightcaps. Barton, 19-19 on the season. Also, Oregon plus three and a half. Nebraska plus four against Northwestern. Virginia plus six and a half against Miami. Florida minus seven on the road against Vanderbilt. West Virginia covering that six and a half playing Iowa State. Over 60 and a half in Boise, Nevada. The other, uh, that one on CBS Sports Network. Texas A&M minus two and a half going on the road to play South Carolina. Chip, 18 and 23 on the season. Oregon plus three and a half. That's that lock unity. LSU plus seven and a half. Virginia plus six and a half. The under 47 and a half in Miami, Virginia. The over 48 and a half in Wisconsin, Michigan. Minnesota plus 29 and a half. That's too many doggone points for a conference game. The under 57 and a half in North Carolina, Virginia Tech. And Texas A&M minus two and a half. Uh, By the way, too, if anybody wants a uh, little little weeknight nuggets. Uh, I, I think Friday night, Tulsa's going to beat South Florida. This is That's not a lock. Tulsa's going to beat South Florida. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm on Tulsa against the spread, but uh, uh, I don't know. Hey, man, you know, I'm not locking it, but Carnage is coming this week. I'm just telling you, carnage is coming, and it's starting Friday night. Did you know that Tulsa's in year four with Philip Montgomery? Yeah. They haven't uh, won a lot of football games with Philip Montgomery. They haven't taken that next step, have they? No, they have not. Are you saying you don't think there's going to be a year five with Philip Montgomery? I'm just saying that when I was writing the uh, picks post for that game, where, again, I'm with you, I'm, I'm taking Tulsa. I was just like, oh, doggone. They I guess all right, so they went ten and three in year two. That was that was good. But I guess two and ten last year, one and four start here. Yeah, what? AAC's yeah. It's tough. Tough sledding. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> yes, cracking the top, who knows? But you know what? It starts with beating South Florida. That's, Starts with right. taking down I, Jordan Concrete, Cronkite and the uh, South Florida Bulls. Yep. On Friday night, uh, he begins. he is Barton Simmons. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. Uh, you can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Please make sure that you subscribe, review, and rate the twenty four seven Sports College Football Podcast uh, five stars because we are trying to give you that five star lock information. Um, CBS Sports HQ, you can see I'll be there on pregame, halftime, and postgame for the LSU-Georgia game. Watch all during the week where you can get our picks, our leans, our thoughts. And, of course, if you sign up for Sportsline, use promo code KICKOFF at checkout so you can get your first month for $1 because Sportsline expert Tom Fernelli, uh, he trusts the process and he delivers you those winners. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point every cover.